0: Hi again, everyone. Welcome to episode number 69 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim, of course, along with Anthony, and today we're uh, we're in the same room.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, first time in a outside. while. Yeah, it's first time in a while we're taking this on the road a little bit, huh?
0: Yeah, out to my back porch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful broadcast studio here with the uh, studio overlooking the charcoal grill and the pool open. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish we were 20 degrees warmer, but I, I dropped in your house this morning. I'm like, we should be getting ready for football season today.
0: I tell you what, it's acting like football season, that's for sure. It's not acting like uh, days before the official summer no. solstice, does it? No,
1: it's not. It's, what, 65, which is, if it's 65 in five months, I think you and I are going to be very happy with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean,
0: this is, yeah, it, you literally, it, I think every coach out there in the Valley right now wishes they were on the field uh, for training camp. Mm-hmm. Because this is the type of weather you want. Instead, I think the players agree, too. Yeah. Instead, they'll probably get 95-degree days. Yeah. You know, and it'll be like a week straight. You know. Uh, that's just the way it works in Ohio any nowadays. There's no such thing as uh, planning for the season. Nope. Because the seasons do not exist. No. No, they don't <laughs>
1: exist at all. And uh, uh, it's... Amazing because a couple weeks ago we were 80s and low 90s, and a couple days ago it was barely 60 degrees. Yeah, so I'm not complaining. I love this type of weather. Uh, like I said, I feel like I should be getting ready to go to a football game today, and you know, but we'll have to wait a couple months to get that kicked off. And so, but it's it, it's still exciting to be back on the air, uh, starting to get some. A routine down with all the crazy schedules, and like I said before, we got on the air. This type of year always just throws everything into a big loop. So it's nice to find time to relax and talk about sports. And I talk about a lot about
0: sports that's been going on the last week or so. Yeah, it has. Matter of fact, let's uh, let's start off with some sad news, Mm -hmm. and uh, a team that you root for, Mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos, lost their uh, Patriarch. Uh, their owner, this past week. We knew he's been ill for the last few years, and uh, unfortunately he's succumbed to his uh, battles. But uh, what a legacy he leaves. Yeah, it's uh, Alzheimer's is a
1: terrible disease. I'm, I am I know personally I, our, our family has been affected by it. I'm sure you've had people that have also been affected by this dreaded disease. Um, what Pat Bowen has meant to the Denver Broncos is – it's hard to put into words. Uh, yesterday when I heard the news, I I almost got a little teary-eyed because I grew up with the Denver Broncos being a premier franchise. They they were one of the top five or six franchises in the NFL that you could count on every year to be in the mix for a playoff spot. 35 seasons owning on the team and only five losing seasons. He had seven Super Bowl appearances. He had more Super Bowl appearances than he had losing seasons. Um, you, you know, but he meant a lot more than just the Denver Broncos. He meant so much to the Denver community. Um, and what he did with the NFL as a whole, he's solely responsible or one of the large reasons why we have the NFL on Fox. And I think a lot of the people I know my dad included love that pregame show. And, you know, so his efforts getting the NFC package on Fox, um, him and Dick Ebersole getting Sunday Night Football, this mega, you know, what a way to cap off your Sunday Night um, with Sunday Night Football. And then he's also a spearhead bet- behind Thursday Night Football, which is, you know, if you like it or you hate it as a fan or a, a player or coach, it's a it's been a goldmine mine as part of revenue-wise and, you know, the competition committee and everything else. So it's just incredible to think about what Pat Bowen has meant. Um, and it's now, like John always said a couple of years ago, it's it's sad that, you know, the time to transition is now. And we'll see how the Broncos and the NFL as a whole progresses. Um, it's nice to see the family stay united, even though they've had their squabbles recently. But... Uh, I think today and in, um, in Canton, when I go to the Hall of Fame and, you know, ceremony, it will be a time to celebrate what he's meant to the NFL. And it's only fitting that this is the 100th year of the NFL, uh, that Mr. B will be inducted. And um, like one of the news reporters said yesterday in Denver, uh haven't got a little more orange and blue yesterday. So,
0: yeah, you know, hey, it, unfortunately, everyone, will face some with mm-hmm. them in their life and lose people that they care about and uh, watch, you know, people who affected their lives outside that they never met. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a Pat bone, mm-hmm. like a fan, like the Denver Broncos themselves. This is uh, reality in mm-hmm. life and, you know, not to bring us all down, but we all deal with it and we yep. all can, you know, get better, you know, learn from it and move on and, and uh, hopefully take some of the positives and in the, in the life lessons mm-hmm. and move forward and, and wish well. You know, as you were talking about the NFL there and what you were talking about, the expansion of the NFL, what I mean by that, not teams wise, mm-hmm. but schedule wise, mm-hmm. what they've done is take a weekly sport and made it a seven day game. Yep. And it really is an amazing thing when you think about it because uh, 25 years ago, did you ever really pay attention to anything called Victory Monday? No. Nope. No. no. All right. Nope. And now you hear about stuff like that. Uh, you know, Tuesdays, is you know, all of a sudden you get all the reports about the practice yep. on Tuesdays and Wednesday and Thursdays getting ready for the game. You know, Friday's walkthrough and then, you know, Saturday's small preparation and next thing you know, it's Sunday and you're playing the yep. game. Uh, you know, that's a normal week you're playing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, you know, for the last 50 years, you've had Monday night football. Yep. And then, as you mentioned, the expansion to Thursday night. Uh, so you got four nights of football of, of the NFL. Yeah, the NFL's Yeah. Every di- week of the NFL season. And it was a slow expansion, but it did happen over time. Yep. I mean, Thursday nights are now, you're guaranteed 16, 17 weeks of yeah. Thursday night football and, you know, Sunday night football expansion. And, uh, you know, look at uh, Thanksgiving. You now have three games. You know, you have one in the afternoon, -afternoon, Mm mid-afternoon, and you have a prime time game. So, I mean, the NFL has been very good about making noise, uh, making news, making coverage of things that doesn't matter. Yeah. And it has, and let's face it. The reason they're able to do it is because people love content and yep. they want it. Look. Well, they you know I don't care where you get your content from, if it's from the athletic, it's from the local newspaper, if it's from the local radio stations, you know, the sports channels, ESPN, you name it. Here you want it. That's why you turn it in to listen to NFL today mm-hmm. and whatever else may be going on or Rich Rising or mm-hmm. whoever may be talking to the NFL because that's what Uh, the sports fans today want and there's nothing wrong with that i'm just the nfl really in the last i would say in the last 20 years has honed their machine down to a to a level of like watch us grow yep and they've done a great job and you know uh, yeah years ago you used to hear about the mini camps and ota's and i was like okay no, now now it's now you every get, you, day. You, yeah, now you get up all to the, the minute reports. updates. Yeah, who's there? Who's not there? What's going on? Who's you know? They've been plannin' half their new offense. Mm-hmm. Or their new defensive coordinator has this, and we're talking about athletes in shorts.
1: St- exactly, are like shorts. Up.
0: You know, and don't get me wrong. It's it's an important part of their season preparation. It's just overkill. I mean, yep. You look at the offseason, the NFL we talked about this before you know once the season ends the super bowl is over it becomes draft time yep and the first big thing is the combine so you everything is towards the combine once you get through the combine what do you have then well then you have the pro days at the individual mm-hmm. schools and that lasts for about another month and then from there you go into the draft and then from the draft you get into the OTAs. And then you get into the mini camps. And next thing you know is July. Camp. Yep. And it's mini camp. Yep. And I mean they it's a machine. They do a great job of uh, promoting their sport, their industry, and getting coverage. And the fans we eat it up. We love it. Oh yeah. It. I mean we talk more about nothing during the off season. Like for example, in Cleveland, with all the changes that has gone on, uh, OBJ was not there. You know during mm-hmm. the OTAs. Oh, why wasn't he there? Oh, oh, what do you mean they're voluntary? I never knew they were voluntary. Yeah, exactly. But guess what? They're voluntary, involuntary. Okay. Mm-hmm. They can't find a player for not showing, but it strongly suggests you be there. Be there.
1: It's almost like when your mom asks you,
0: "Right, are you going to hey, be home for dinner? You're going to be home for dinner, correct? You know, back in the day, when yeah, when."
1: Is she, sound, is she asking you or she is saying you will be home for dinner?
0: Exactly. So, you know, it's just, you know, when you're a teenager, you'll be home by 10, right? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll be in that driveway by 10.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know how it works. But, you know, uh, that's just the way it works in life. And give the NFL credit. They've done a great job. It is a machine and they've done a great speaking of. Of sports and something I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about, Anthony. And I thought about this the other day, and I probably should have wrote down notes mm-hmm. then, but I didn't, as normal, as those who know. <laughs> um, the women's soccer tournament, Yes. Uh, the, the World Cup, the World Cup yes. going on. And a lot of talk about what's going mm-hmm. on there and they won 13 nothing in the first round. I don't I actually yeah. they've played other games mm-hmm. since then. I have not seen them personally. That's not a, I understand the media needs something to talk about. Mm-hmm. And here's the real story is Thailand was not talented. No. The no. story is that the United States is the most talented team probably or one of the two, three most talented teams in the world and you put up against an inferior team, you're going to get results. Yeah, like you're going to get that. That's what you get. And should a player celebrate when they score? Uh, do most baseball players flip their back when they hit a home run nowadays? Yes. Do most pitchers pump their fists coming off the mound after they get a big out or a big out late in the game? Absolutely. You know, do NFL players spike the ball in the end zone? Absolutely. Did NFL or did NBA players hang on the ring, the rim after a big dunk? Oh, you are you do better they, believe do it. They, they look at the camera and, and give the big, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan type poses. Absolutely. Uh, Wait. What, what's what's what
1: is the problem here? We have become. Way too soft as a society and overly sensitive about this. But I don't even think it's that. I think it's just pure nonsense. We won't have something to complain about just to complain about. Yeah. It. Well let's remember this too. the US was only up three nothing at halftime. They're only up three nothing at the first at halftime. So ten goals in the second half in a tournament game. Now I guarantee you're
0: to you down your opponent.
1: <laughs> exactly. And look in a tournament-type setting, I know it's not one-and-done because it's a group play, but one loss in group play is almost devastating.
0: Well, more, more than that, here's the thing. In the game of soccer or football or however you want to call it mm-hmm. in the world, I don't know all the rules. I know very little of them. But one thing I did my understanding is, is you have three substitutes a game. Yep. Mm-hmm. So how the hell are you going to get players off the field? Once you have a seven nothing lead, right? Yeah, guys. you can't. It, you can't. It it's not doesn't. like you can eight time out on putting of these guys. Well, now. You, you bring players in and out. You have three of them you can yeah. use. That's it. Majority of the time, your best. player Yeah, you is can't to be on empty
1: your bench. Yeah,
0: there is no bench to empty. That's yeah. You are correct. Yeah, you know, this is not the NFL where, or, you know, where you can put in a backup quarterback, backup running back, backup wide receivers. This isn't baseball where you you pull your your best player and you bring in the you know your fourth or fifth outfielder or yeah you know, your your backup infielder or your backup catcher. This that's just it's just not part. Well, of what the I game. find it's just not part of the game. What
1: I find. What I find enjoyable is you see all these dominant teams, and the U.S. women's team for since '99 when they beat Japan in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl, um, they've been a dominant force, like you said. And it's almost refreshing because we watch all these star-studded teams that you almost watch, and sometimes they're just like, Phew, "We won." we can move on to that one celebrate you want a tournament game let's move on to the next I have no problem celebrating a tournament win this is a tournament win they worked you the know World Cup comes around every four years yeah this is four years of work yeah you know so it's not just like well we'll be there next no this is four years of work and it's it's okay to celebrate doing your job at the highest level after training for four years at this I uh, I have no problem at all, and I would, and I would think if it were to happen, and the U.S. were to lose a game—not saying thirteen nothing—but if they were to lose a game, they wouldn't be all huffy puffy about the opponents celebrating to the extent of them. All right. But that just happens in
0: sports, right? And here's the other thing that drove me nuts, and and I admit that I might not be sensitive enough to this issue, so I apologize to those I may offend. Uh, this is not a men versus women scenario. No, it's not. The criticism that happened is because, you know, social media. So let's be honest. Social media is about being snarkly and mean. Yep. And it's not about celebrating. It used You're, to be maybe, tw- you know, 10 years ago. When, when it first came started. out, the idea yeah. behind it, yes. Yeah, people were more more friendly and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Today, it's all about backhanded compliments and uh, tearing down your opponent. No matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get snarkly, snarkly on uh, Twitter at times, and then I realize I go, "I'm, I'm mm. debating. I'm getting right into." Yeah, the you're getting no that. Any, what, yeah, yeah. And then there's others who are really good at it and funny, and have fun, and you know. And once in a while, I, I'll chime back and get into a little you know Twitter discussion, and it's fun. It's good. It's it can be you know. It's I don't take anything. It's seriously. playful. Yeah, well, you can't take it seriously. Um. However, the defense of this national team by former players and those who promote women's sport was just Mm over-the-top nonsense. I'm not saying don't defend your girls. I'm not saying that at all. Don't defend the team. Uh, Defend the team and their actions. But don't say, oh, would this happen if it was men's? I'm tired of that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's it's not even that. Yeah, I think it would happen. Because that's the way the world works today. I Just my opinion.
1: And the men might even go more over the top.
0: Yeah. and But, you know, and I have nothing against equality. Matter of fact, I think it's it's a wonderful thing in the future as we get closer and closer to it. I think in all areas. If you can do the job, you should be paid. You know, I have no problem with that. In sports, it's going to be more difficult because of the limitations. I'm going to get myself really in trouble here. Um (laughs) I'm going to sound like Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> i uh, like Jimmy not. the Greek. Let's hope oh, not. Oh, God. Uh, uh, let, 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 let me put it this way. The, there's just different games they play uh, and at high levels. And soccer is one of the few games that, like basketball, mm-hmm. they're different games. They're the same game. Yep. You know, the WNBA is great basketball, but it's a different style of basketball yes. than the NBA. Yes, it is. And... I'm not as fluent with with the game of soccer. And I would say the same thing. It probably is not the same as you would find in the World Cup of the Men's. That has nothing against it. It's still quality, high mm-hmm. quality athletes mm-hmm. playing on the field doing the best there to their ability and entertaining. And absolutely I've watched it and I will watch it again. So that's you know what I'm gonna say there. However, the argument that they're being paid less than men counterparts to them does not necessarily add up to true equality. And on this level, and this is what drives me crazy, no one ever seems to bring it up, is the economics of the women's sports is not the level exactly. of that. Exactly. And the men's sports have had a 100 years of advantage over you. I mean, baseball, for example, there is no professional softball or nope. professional baseball league for women. Okay, and it's been around 150, almost 200 yep. years. Uh, Soccer has been around forever. Same thing. Now in Europe, there is, there are women's leagues, mm-hmm. and there, I, I believe, there's been a couple tried here in the United States. There there's might been a couple even tried. be, yeah, there might even be one around today, but no one knows about it. You know, it has a very low um, national appeal. It may have some local regional appeal. And fantastic. Great. Go for it. Grow your sport. On the national level, it's, it's the team. Economically, they're on two different contracts. Yep. Uh, the women's contract, meaning national contract or international contract with the FIFA, is different from the men's. Mm-hmm. The television rights. the, That's you know, the- It's, it's, it's it's close to billion dollars in differences, you know. It's hundreds of million dollars a difference. So when they say, Well, you know, we have twenty million dollars to split between our team if we win this tournament versus the men's who have three hundred million mm-hmm. I understand their problem. I understand seeing that difference. Yep. It's huge. But it's it's also the revenues that bring in. And Interesting stat I've seen this past week, and I'm not sure how factual it is, but I'm going to pass it on anyways, is the women's actually get a higher percentage of the gross profits than the men do. Mm-hmm. I think it was 13% went to the players, while men's was 9%. Now, grant you, when you look at the mi- the millions and millions the, of dollars of yeah. difference in revenue, it makes a big difference. So there, I think there is an effort to bring up the, yes. the pay. And I think there is an effort, but just to say I'm the greatest player in the world and I should be played as equal to our men's counterpart because I am the same athlete. On level, yes. Yes. Totally understand what your point of view is. Economic, and this is what the problem is, and I'm sure I'm missing the point here, and I know I need someone to explain this to me who's more into this. And I may Mm -hmm. reach out to a few people. Who uh, understand this issue better than I? Because I want to learn, uh, but I see it as too, I see it as they're fifty to sixty years, and this is the problem with equality. They are behind us. Yes, that's why we're trying to bring them forward. For yes, and that's what we need to do. But I don't know if we. I don't know in sports it's going to happen that fast, and I'm not saying I don't want it to happen. I just you have it's to. It's tough. Honest. You're fighting it uphill. The out only way battle. to really change that is, in my opinion. Is for these international tournaments like FIFA mm-hmm. and others, uh, the I guess the Olympics and that. Um, maybe the Olympics does. I don't know. Uh, my point is, is you don't have two separate contracts for the, for the rights. You sell it all as one, yep. and then you would then divvy it up. Would that necessarily bring down the men's percentage? I don't know, but that's the only way i can see yeah. out of it maybe that's what they're fighting for i don't know uh but it it's kind of I, I don't necessarily f- i see it and i see it at two levels uh and it drives me crazy i kind of i'm trying I'm try, I'm trying to fence set here i'm trying to learn yeah uh but you know i also know you know i it, the basic numbers tells you that if you if you have a million dollars and i have 3 million dollars Uh, And I get, you know, 10% of $3 million while you get 13% of $1 million. I'm going to have more money than you. Yep, 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 exactly. And that's basically what's going on in the world of international sports. And nothing wrong with fighting for it. Nothing wrong with talking about it. But don't always complain that, oh, this would never happen in the men's game. Maybe true to certain levels, but not true in all levels. And I I get – I just find that argument – lowest Over, common denominator yep. type argument it's the easiest thing to go to yes it's the easiest thing to fall back right to. and not everything is is on that level some of it i mean there's a lot more mm-hmm. to it and it just drives me crazy and like i said i don't think it's bad i think it's, it's a great thing matter of fact i think what the cavaliers did this past week is a giant absolutely phenomenal and you know uh Uh, Sarah Gottlieb? Sarah? Is it Sarah? Lindsay Gottlieb. Lindsay. Uh, Excuse me. Lindsay Gottlieb. Uh, fantastic. And, um, you know, I'll be honest. I never heard of her before. I I didn't, I don't follow the women's game Mm -hmm. at the collegiate level on a, on a daily basis. I catch YSU's women's team. I see some of the tournaments when it becomes the national tournaments. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't remember all the coaches. They're Mm -hmm. not all high profile coaches. Uh, but from everything I've read and everything I've seen, um, you know, reported, it's phenomenal. And it's great to see. And, you know, I had this discussion uh, just the other day, and it's something I thought, you know, I said, you know, I think it's great that she's become an assistant coach. Uh, I believe there's one down in San Antonio. Yeah, Becky Hammond. Yep. Yeah. And so you know the names, which is fantastic. Uh, and there's others who are in the front office and stuff yes. like that moving their way up which is fantastic, and I am 100% I have no problem with that evaluation and teaching and coaching because, quite honest with you, they can. Uh, the question, I guess, I had is I, guess, I think I, I, at the time I said, I imagine we'll see a, a, a female woman's head coach at the collegiate level at Division One before we see in the NBA. And then we started talking about the young yeah. other people involved. There's like seven or eight mm-hmm. women who are highly, you know, in position in the NBA and I started thinking, I go, Well, that might not be true now. Yeah. I think about it. I it may not be true. As long as like like for example, uh, Becky Hammond, he could very well be the next head coach of San Antonio. We're not shocked. And me. she did get some interviews recently from right. Other teams
1: and I don't know if she didn't make the final cut so, or she decided just to stay because right. Popovich is getting up there and if Greg Popovich trusts you oh, then you, you're talking about a whole You're in yeah, you're talking about a So, whole team coach. and I would l- imagine with the summer Olympics coming up here shortly that with Popovich now being the team USA national coach, she would be around
0: the interaction. Yeah, I'm not sure how too. that coaching staff is put together. I would imagine she'll be in auxiliary yeah, scouting I mean, or yeah, something maybe like that. Yeah. yeah, maybe she's on the bench, too. I really don't know how that works. But, uh, yeah, you know, and... It's a nice hire by B line. It's, it's something we don't talk about. Um, I Yeah, it was a great hire by the Cavs. You know, it's a great leap forward. And uh, I might be wrong about that. I originally thinking that it would happen at the collegiate level first. It may, may happen. I think the it's NBA. gonna happen to the
1: NBA level first. Yeah, I think because I, I've th-
0: kind of changed my opinion I there. think the NBA Well, and, because it has the WNBA.
1: Exactly. It's the WNBA, um and these women the NBA are pulling from are proven superstars. Right. Becky Hammond when she played have, was a superstar. Correct. You, you know? And I and I I don't know if this is true or not. This is I would I think the NBA is a little more progressive going forward in diversity and inclusion. They're more willing to accept a female. And then a college Division I program who you're still stuck in your traditional ways. And and let me say, there is nothing wrong with traditions. You and I are all for them. But there are some schools that have boosters and alumni and presidents and board trustees that are stuck in their ways they do not want to change at all and this is how it's going to be and we're going to hire men. When if you look at the women's game there are like you brought up there are some phenomenal coaches out there in Division 1 women's college basketball and in the WNBA that Right, and
0: it's going to happen.
1: It, it I, is going to happen. And, and it and could it, happen, like you said, with Becky Hammond yeah, in San Antonio.
0: sooner than m- most people believe. And, and I don't think that's, you know, obviously that person, whoever it is, is going to have a high profile, and it's going to have a lot of pressure on them, similar to, you know, Jackie Robinson in baseball and, uh, you know, other scenarios mm-hmm. that has happened in the world of sports. So, I you know, I, I look forward to that opportunity, whoever that person is. And, and going forward. The reason I said basketball at the Division One level in college originally was because so many men coaches coach women's yes. game. Not I don't know what the exact percentage is. But there are, are, are very much a high-profile amount of women who've succeeded and continue to succeed at the collegiate level as coaches. Mm-hmm. And there are men. So I said, well, there's already that kind of yep. in, in reverse. But maybe we'll see. Uh, you know, a handful of women get the opportunity at the collegiate level because it's already you know there's there's a reason to show it. Yeah, there's a reason to do it. You know, they, they can say, "Look, you know, this has been done many years, uh, where we've had a you know a successful male coach at a, at a university coach the women's team. We can have the reverse and have it at the at the highest level of college basketball. Uh, there well, may be. uh Someone at Division Two or Division Three. who... I think we might see it there first. And, yeah, then if and then there it, might you know, already be, be quite honest with you. I don't know. Well, I, I, I think also, have been. you know, when you look at these
1: these prominent Division One coaches in the women's game, Muffin McGraw, Kim Mulkey, you know, just to name a few, they're rock stars at their campus. Yeah, I well, mean, yes. if you think of Baylor, you're thinking of Baylor women's basketball. Yeah. Outside of two or three years where Baylor football was... Was good, but Baylor women's basketball is the—that's the crown jewel at Notre Dame. It's football, and then it's hard to argue women's basketball is right up there because being on campus a lot, Muff McGraw is a rock star, they sell out every game. And they—they could play an exhibition game against a D two school, or they can bring in UConn. They're selling out every game. Oh, absolutely. So. You know, I think those women moving to coach a men's college program, it's almost like a lateral move except for money. So I think the only place to go is up. And I think we will see one of these coaches one day when they've won four or five national championships in women's college basketball be like, you know what? I'm ready for a new challenge or try something different. And I think. I would love to see Muff McGraw stay at Notre Dame. I think she's wonderful for the program. She's wonderful for the game. And she's very outspoken about why can't we have women's coach women's teams because men coach men's teams. And I have nothing wrong with that. I would – look, I could see her doing that, jumping to the NBA, and say, you know what, we can coach this game too. You know, and – I think it's coming. It may not be in the next five or ten years, but I think we will see it in our lifetime. And uh, you know what? It could be the breath of fresh air to a stale franchise that keeps them going. It's you know this could be a groundbreaker, like you said, Jackie Robinson, or you know something along those lines. This could be a groundbreaker, helping really big.
0: I hope so. I mean, it's 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 wonderful to see the the advancement. And hopefully we'll continue to, to move forward. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of obstacles still to climb. Oh yeah, I'm not here to say it's there because it's not. Um, however, as a fan of the game, guy who's covered the game, who has a lot of respect for coaches on all levels. Uh, if you're a, you know, a little league coach up all the way up to the NFL, that type of thing, because there's some really great people who get involved. There are some less than desirable people in there. In any field.
1: There are more good than there are there bad. Are a thousand, there are a, lot more there's a good. thousand yep.
0: more good than bad. I, I totally agree. Yep. And, uh, you know, it is the game itself. So well, it's kind of fun. You know, and I just, like I said, I wanted, I wanted to talk about that because there's so much discussion. And there's so much discussion that I call bu- either bubblegum discussion or water cooler talk. Yeah, not even that. It's just lowest common denominator well, look, of BS. Let me. And instead of something of. You know, trying to learn, trying to do something different. And, you know, Let me we, we have such a, a an open forum here. We have a much better chance to mm-hmm. have a real discussion about this versus you'll ever hear on television.
1: Well, that's why when I tell people two points, that's when I tell people about what our podcast is about. Our focus is on Northeast Ohio sports. And you and I have a great deal of passion for this area uh, and for its sports teams. That's why. Like you said, you've covered Youngstown State, you've covered the high school sports, you've covered the minor league teams, you've been around it for a long time, as many years as I've been alive. Um, And now that's why it led you and I to covering high school football a couple years ago and us, you know, continuing that progression. We have a great deal of passion for that. but. We also like to tell stories, and that's our big thing. We don't – you know, we can sit here and tell you this team won this much and this – you know, because this percent – we don't tell you stats. We don't – very, very seldomly – very seldomly do we tell you stats. We'll throw in a stat to base – A opinion off of or a judgment off of, but we're not sitting here giving you stats. If you want to podcast stats, ours is not for you. We tell stories. And what I like about ours is we tell stories from your perspective and your history And then my perspective and the younger generation, and I think it works really well, and I think people have gravitated towards it by our numbers. My second point is like you were saying, you know, there are so many good coaches um, from little leagues on up, and I coach, and I've coached flag football, I've coached baseball, and I coached softball, t-ball. There are some really good softball players out there, and you know, I've coached a lot of good baseball players. Uh, One last night told me he's going on to to play college ball, you know, so I've coached a lot of them There are some really good softball players in this area and I coached a couple of them last year that are you know You know we have a lot of talent here both male and female Um, And like you said we have a lot of really good people Involved
0: in the game, you know, it's, it's it is You know how the game is involved. Yep and like you mentioned, and we have to uh, mention about Phil yeah. uh passing uh, for the Fitch Falcons this past week. And I'll be honest, all my dealings over the years, I've had very little interaction with them. Mm-hmm. Just because I have not had that many opportunities to cover, to cover um, the... Falcons. Yeah, the we had 10, covered years. Fix, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, and uh, my interaction with him was back when he was at Warren. And uh, that's that was you know a long time is. ago. And it was after they won the champ title in '90. So it was you know between like '91, '94, '95. I think '94, '95. He was let go there. And when they made the changes, yeah. Um and he went over to Hickory for that one season. And then he came over, you know, he was in Niles and other places. I'm sure I'm forgetting, but my point is truly from everybody's interaction with him, you, you see the outpouring and, uh, just our heart our heartfelt, uh, sorrows and, uh, condolences go out to the family of players and administration of Fitch and others who have known him because, uh, I know just from those who had more interaction, mm-hmm. I have had very small interaction with him over the years. Um, he's, he's a wonderful guy, and I wish uh, you know the, Fal- the Falcons and everybody um, just the best going forward.
1: Yeah, this is, you know, it's never easy to lose someone, and unfortunately we've got to talk about it twice today. It's never easy to lose someone. Um, but from the conversations I've had with previous Fitch players, nothing but good things. And what struck me is when a coach gets into the game, it's obviously he or she wants to win. That's the main goal. But it's to help mentor and develop these young people. And the resounding resounding message that kept coming back was we all know What Phil's record was, we all know he won the state championship in a tumultuous time in Warren, and that will be, and that will go down in Warren history forever. But what I keep hearing is what a good person he was, what a father figure he was to the star tailback, to the JV offensive lineman. You know what a good guy he was, no matter if you were. 10 years graduating, you're on the current team right now. Your family. Um, obviously, a very tough time for the Fitch program, I'm losing him this late. Football starts in a little over a month, um, and the season starts in two months. So, it, it, it's going to be a rough time for them. And uh, I know I talked to a couple people yesterday who went to the calling hours. Um, And they said just the throngs of people. There's a reason why he was selling for six hours at the uh, Fitch Auditorium. Um, And I think you saw Steve Arnold talking about what he meant. You know, he meant so much to every place he had been to. Niles, he meant a ton. You know, Warren Harding, Warren Reserve, he meant a ton. That, you know, sports is funny in the sense that when there's a tumultuous time going on, For three hours a day or three hours a week, we can come together for for a little bit and uh, be united. And what he did, going undefeated that year, win the state championship. Um, You know, did it help the healing process? I don't know because there are still, like you said to me, you know, there are still people on the Warren Rush Reserve side and the Warren Harding side, and that and that may never go away. It will never go away. But um, you know. Just what he's meant to this area. Um, it's, we've never covered Fitch, so I can't speak personally to my dealings. But from whatever I heard, right. he's just, you know, just a phenomenal individual. Um, and the valley lost a really good one.
0: It, it did. There's no question about it. And you know, all I can say is uh, our heartfelt sorrows and condolences go out to those to who knew him and uh, you know had to deal with him on a on a daily basis, interact with them and that. And my, like I said, mine were small. It does not, you know, but being a sports fan and guy who has had the opportunity to cover local sports, mm-hmm. uh, my my uh, my thoughts go out to them. That's all I, I need to say on that. Anthony, we're getting close to the end yeah. here. We haven't even talked about the, your Indians.
1: Yeah, let's talk about something positive, huh? Tim, let me look outside. Uh, the sky is not falling. Is it falling yet? Not yet. No, it's but not it's falling. It's threatening. It's threatening. <laughs> uh, the rain is threatening. Um, but that uh, the sky is not falling. So let's talk about something positive. Uh, it's been a, more of a somber day today, uh, a little more somber podcast. But it's been a personal one. It's been a really good one. Um, I think ever since the, uh, the Sunday afternoon in Chicago where they just looked Disinterested, four airs, and everybody was—you you, know—the the sky was falling, and people were getting ready to jump off the Key Bank Building. Um, we knew this team going into this year was going to be different, and it's going to be—it's going to be frustrating. There are going to be days where it's watching this offense or watching this team is going to be like getting a root canal with no novocaine. But then nights like last night, where it's like okay you you know the young guys and what I've enjoyed about this season is I'm enjoying watching the young guys a lot Uh, Jake Bowers the last two weeks continues to make progression Um, we've talked about Oscar Mercado at length what he's done coming up um, he's fit really nice it's not easy to hit top lineup in Major League Baseball and he's a rookie less than two months in he's played really well
0: well, that's um, you know, that's where the Indians are at right now. I mean, the top four players can hit; the bottom five can't. The and bottom five
1: <laughs> last night did it. They had a combined seven did, hits. They, they did. did they, hey,
0: hey, you know what? You know they all say even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Yeah. Um, just in generally speaking terms, the yes. Indians. I mean, that's their biggest thing to overcome the rest of the year is, you know, a, a lineup like last night. Yes, they won. Yes, they played Detroit. They took advantage of Detroit. Then they should do that, and they should. Mm-hmm. And Detroit's given up ten runs or more in the last ten games at home. Yeah, it's or something like four times. It's, yeah, it's four been times bad. they've given up ten runs or more. So, uh, for what has happened, good. No, you, every game's onto itself. Yep, and you move forward, and and it's hopefully we'll get some of these guys out of their funk and moving forward. We said that before. Uh, where the Indians lie offensively. Is frustrating for the simple reason is usually you have one or two guys who struggle and you can hide them. Yep. Or they could be productive in different ways. Getting Uh, on, sack,
1: fly, yeah.
0: Right. Well, they could be, like, for example, the two years that Incursion was here, he was a 240 hitter. You know, times a two mm-hmm. you know, a little you know, it climbed up to about two fifty max and down to two twenty five and mm-hmm. but you knew where yes. he was gonna be he was gonna fall in. But you also knew you were getting thirty five bombs from him. you also knew you're getting a hundred RBIs. Yep. He was being productive in other ways to help your team. He was your you knew he was your cleanup hitter. Uh, Napoli is the same thing. Napoli didn't have a great batting average, but he was your cleanup hitter. He was the guy driving in runs and hitting the bombs and stuff like that. So this year lacks that. They don't have a cleanup hitter, a defined cleanup hitter. Mm-mm. And, uh, you know, you as much as... I was hoping for a bounce back year from Kip, Kipness and as much as I was hoping to see Bowers, even though he hit the cycle yesterday yeah. and uh, had a great game, uh, would be you know a solid two fifty to two seventy five hitter. Not the case. And the thing is, he's those aren't the only two. You got Ramirez in a year. That's the main slot. thing. Well, yeah, Ramirez batting two hundred. You have. Uh, uh, you know, Martinez. Martin in the nine two hundred, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you have four or five players batting that low. That's the hardest so, part. I mean, they're still competing. Yes, and that and, that, and that, that's, that's the, because of the that's pitching. That's the amazing staff. thing, yes. Yeah, that's because of the pitching staff. Really Without is. all
1: these guys still, yeah. Carrasco and Clover and Kluber.
0: Right. And you know, and they're gonna get some of these guys back as the season goes long. What moves they make and what transpires going forward, I I have my feelings. I mean, I don't You can make a case of keeping players and just calling this a one-year slump and moving forward and trying to retold during the offseason. You can make that case, and I don't think it's a bad case to make. Mm -hmm. Or you could say you could be like the Yankees were in 2016. Mm -hmm. The Yankees were highly expected to compete that year, did not. Did not, yep. But had pitching in the bullpen to move. And they turned – you know. Morales Chapman. Maraudis Chapman into Glayburn Torres. Yeah. And they turned Miller into three players. And Frazier, then they traded yeah. two of those players away, yeah. but they still have the outfielder. And this is what the Indians have to make that decision. And my gut feeling is the Indians are going to make that decision. They're going to make the decision to move a Bauer. They're going to make the decision to move a hand. Uh, not because they don't like these players or don't believe they could be productive in the future just the opposite is what they can get in return for these players now they could get a boatload oh yeah and i'm not saying uh that necessarily has to happen i'm saying that's the decision in front of them you know could they retool that quickly And the question is probably yes, if they make the right trades. We don't know what players are out there or who's being offered, and we won't know until the trade happens. It may come out 24 hours ahead. They're they're talking to certain teams. Uh, If I'm targeting teams today, if I'm the Cleveland Indians, there's two teams I'm really targeting to make trades with. That's the Houston Astros, and that's also the Atlanta Braves. Hmm. They both have the boatload in the, in the farm system. They have players to move. And those players have roadblocks in front of them. And uh, you need players, you know, at second base. You need outfielders. You need third baseman. I mean, you, there's a lot of things you can go uh, forward. You can get pitching in return for pitching. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of different combinations the Indians could do. But when you look at where the Indians are... Uh, they could be compete for that wild card yep. the rest of the season, and then they could make retool for that and maybe get lucky, which I don't th- expect yeah. uh, Minnesota falling back to the pack. No. Okay. And then you could compete, you know, maybe yep. dual wise uh, I don't necessarily see that happening. However, when you look at the Indians in general... <sighs> As frustrating it may sound, here on June fifteenth, after the All Star Game, because it's in Cleveland, yeah, you're not trading anybody until after the All Star yep. Game, yep, uh, or unless you get something big in return,
1: yeah, unless Meaning, you get something huge, right? Yeah.
0: If they traded a Bauer away, for example, you're going to have to bring in a, a a legitimate RBI stat guy who he can hit, you know, uh, a a player of net. Na- Caliber, Mm -hmm. who's under control that you're willing to pay, going forward, whoever that may be. Okay. Um, I don't see that happen. Now, after the All-Star game, after the celebration, uh, I honestly think that 10, uh, it's about two and a half, three-week period Mm -hmm. before July 31st. That's when the Indians are going to get active, and that's where we're going to see what direction they go and who offers what. And if Brad Hand continues to pitch the way he has, he's the guy who's going to bring the most. Yeah. And as much as the Indians gave up to get him last year, which was a great move. Mm, Yes. And going forward, and and I know he's under contract for the next two and a half years. You know, they have uh, 2020 and I think an option on 2021. That's one of the reasons why he is going to be so valuable. Uh, that's why the Indians shopped Kluber, because he was under control for three more years. Uh, that's what makes Bauer kind of difficult, because he's on a year yeah. contract uh, That's what made Kipnis untradeable. Because of his contract. Because of his yep. contract. Uh, now, this is his last year. Now, the Indians may trade him under in 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 one of these traits, but I'll tell you what, they're going to pick up that contract. Oh, no, yeah. Whoever takes them is going to you know go like you own seven million dollars left okay give me five yep you know that type of thing yep and it, 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 they make him go away the Indians are going to pay off that contract one way or the other so that's just the way it works and uh, going forward I mean that's just the way baseball set up and I I'm thinking if the Indians do it properly they can retool quickly and be back in the hunt faster. Than most people realize, because they can actually add a that. lot of talent to their team. I'm not saying that that's. I just have a feeling that's what the Indians will do, versus what they could do, <laughs> and stay pat and add a bat, add a player. I mean, the bullpen's great. The bullpen is yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, bullpen's top I mean, two in. In, in baseball, era I mean, yeah. the pitching staff's been phenomenal. Let's let's turn that around. Even the starters have been good. Now, yes, they've had some problems recently. Uh, Bauer, last time out, looked good. He looked looks phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, that's the start of him turning it around. Uh, Clevenger comes back on Monday. Monday, yep. And, you know, uh, Kluber's starting his strength program this week. Yep. So, Kluber will probably be back after the trading deadline. So, he's not going anywhere. Nope. I'd be shocked if someone took a shot on him. Um, I just would Yeah. Uh, I just- uh you know, Carrasco, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. We don't know a lot, and we won't know a lot until, you know, they're ready to discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, however, you look at the Indians' starting staff in the minor leagues coming up, we've already seen some of the, uh, the jewels. in uh, you know, a young uh, Plesak and uh, Rodriguez mm-hmm. that they traded for last year and uh, Pleco. Plus, you have – you know, McKenzie has even had a chance. Yeah, he
1: has. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so they have a lot of talent coming up through. they
1: got some dominant arms in the bullpen, too.
0: Exactly. And so my point is trading a Brad Hand, trading a Bauer is not a bad thing. It may not be the, the results you want in 2019 – but it could bring a, results a lot faster in 2020, yeah, 2021. I, and the way the Indians compete, they don't tank very often. No. No, they don't. They did don't. in the early 2000s. They did after uh, they did the teardown when CC Sabathia in, was traded away. In 7 away. 08, yeah. yeah. But they bounced back pretty quick. From yeah. The, that. And I don't think you'll see... What Philadelphia did, that type of a tear down, and Miami could, or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. know if Miami will ever get it right, but no, they won't. Um, you look at what Philadelphia did. You look at what Atlanta no, did. You look at some of these other teams. The uh, Dodgers, the Dodgers, Cubs. Well, no, Cubs did. The Dodgers really didn't uh, tank. I don't remember that. Well, no, games. no,
1: they didn't take. But the Astros lost 100 games for right, three years.
0: Yeah. Astros absolutely did it on purpose. So did yeah. the Cubs. So did the Phillies. Right, This—that was just the way it worked. Uh, the Yankees did not. They no. kind of retooled as yeah, they, they went retooled, on. They did yeah. have it down a couple of years where they made the playoffs and got out. And then the year in 2016, they didn't make the playoffs, made some of the trades, retooled their, bull, their, their farm system. Yep. And, you know, they got some good what? talent. Now look at them again. Here they are uh, with a plethora of talent. And they've drafted well, too. So it's a combination of everything. And I do believe that. I'm leaning towards the Indians' decision making will be to move players we, this year yeah. versus to compete for a wild card this year. That's just yeah, my they're not feeling.
1: They're not going to bring in, you know, they're not going to go all in for a wild card spot if if they if they retool and they hang in there, and they make it great. But like you said, they're going to retool instead of tear down to the studs, because like you said, I. I do feel like they believe next year if they retool or the year after, they can go for the division because, you know, is Minnesota going to play us hot? We don't know. But you have pieces in the farm system that will be ready when that time comes to come up and, uh, uh, you know, produce. And we've already seen it this year. And like you said – you know, the Sacks and the Rodriguez's and the Beaver even, you know, this is their first uh, full year. Uh, Plutko and Marcano. And we haven't even touched on the arms they got in the bullpen down in Columbus or in Akron waiting to come up. Sandlin and Karinczak who are, you know, putting up gaudy numbers. So I think another team to keep an eye on is the Los Angeles Dodgers. I, I know they have been mentioned to add yes. a reliever. D- they probably need to add a starter. Um,
0: yeah. No, they do. They, so, the bottom line is – And they have the talent. Right. That, and they're in the mood that they've lost two World Series in a row, that they're probably this, willing to do yep. – This might be their last opportunity. For a while, to get back to the World Series, and they want to finish the job. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with that at all about the Dodgers. Uh
1: we're keep an eye on the Rays too. They have one of the best yeah, farm systems in baseball, they do.
0: but they don't make those type of trades. No, they though. don't. They,
1: they um, don't go. for They I almost they, say go they, for
0: it. They make trades similar to the Indians. They make trades looking for now and in the future. Right. And what's going to you know to fill a hole today and what. Is best for them going forward. They've always been more aggressive than the Indians. Mm-hmm. However, they're similar built, meaning they may have different analytic beliefs and different you know philosophies. But they're trying to win today. Yes. They're not looking to lose a hundred games. No, but they're also playing within a budget that they're going to stay within. Uh, they're not going to blow up their budget to take a one uh, one year leap at, yeah. at, at a World Series and. You know, they've made it to the World Series a few years back. You know, when Madden was the... Yeah, 08. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was a while back. But in the same vein... The first been and
1: only suspended game in World Series history, by the way. I read that, that oh. a couple days ago. I didn't. I don't remember it, but I was looking it up. and uh, That might
0: be true. That might be
1: true. When they played the Phillies, it was the first only World Series suspended game. Well,
0: the game never began in 89 in the World... Earthquake no, did it. No, so it was suspe- the, the World Series was We're suspended. Just, yeah, the game was not suspended. Yeah, yeah, the first only suspended that was game. was pre-game, in world I believe. Yeah, ha- yeah. happened, yeah, it happened right before the up. Yeah, yeah. okay. I saw it. With that. I was thinking about. It. I go well. The earthquake. Yeah. in '89, but I believe that ha- was pregame. But yeah, um, no. It the like I said, the world is changing on us. Yes, it is, and it's it's some of it's good, some of it's bad, yeah. some of it's fun. Yeah, and, it's uh, you
1: know. Look, to be 35 and 33 uh, with every, you know, injury-wise, the starting pitching staff that we count on to be the strength, Um, you were without Kipnis and Lindor for a month of the season, and your most important cog, Jose Ramirez, is in a year-long slump. His highest batting average since August of last year is 245.
0: If Lindor was on a different team... I believe he would have MVP. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. People will be talking about it all day long. Right absolutely. Now. Uh, and absolutely. And, and Grant, I know he was injured this year, so that will, that that'll come into it. But yeah, there's no question that he's one of the top five players in the game today, and that's a decision the Indians are gonna have to make. Can they pony up and decide that you know this? He's, he's too guy, much of the yep. pace of the Cleveland Indians for us to lose. We we don't want to be in a situation the Cavs were the first time they lost lebron james without a championship without a uh a team to build around and players that want to play with him at the time uh that should be a selling point for the indians in my opinion that you're going to play with uh francisco Lindor, and uh going forward like i said the indians have some holes we'll see how they handle it and going forward um I, like you said, I enjoy watching some of the younger players come up and Yeah, an it's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's kind of a flip of a coin scenario here. I think even with the trades, the Indians could stay competitive this year. I agree. Uh, coming up. It all depends on what you get back. I keep yeah, telling everybody this. It's what easy you to say returned. you're in a trade because you're removing a player from your team. It's what you return, what's your return value that matters. Yeah, uh, you don't want to get snuckered, you know. Yeah, and I yeah, don't think yeah, the Indians you don't want to
1: get bamboozled just yeah, yeah.
0: But in the same vein, um you know, they haven't have been taken advantage very often. No, the, the last I mean the Anthony and Chernoff,
1: they may not have hit on every trade, but very suddenly, like you said, do they I mean, really lose a deal, bad.
0: Real quick, uh, a lot of talk about Bobby Bradley down at Triple A. Yes, and I think we will see him. We'll sometime.
1: see him at Ventress points this year.
0: Yes, and probably again after the All Star break, um, and maybe after you make yeah, after uh, you make uh, the
1: moves and after, yeah, yeah, a
0: few more moves, and then they'll bring him up. Uh, you gotta. Re- Everyone compares him to Bauer because he's a left-hand hitter, power hitter, and all that. Bauer hit for the cycle yesterday and shut some people up for a night and moves forward. But uh, the truth of the matter is Bradley's a first baseman. Exactly. You you don't have a
1: hole at first base.
0: Well, Bauer's an outfielder first baseman. He can play the outfield. I mean, Bradley's a DH first baseman. Yeah. You're not going to DH a young kid if you don't have to. No, if you want to play him? And you have Santana, who wants to play first. Who other, plays a
1: nice first baseman. Yeah. who
0: is a very good first baseman. Um, so Right now, the just, need. Right. My point is, the, he, he has roadblocks. Yeah. And these roadblocks will change as time goes forward. Um, if Bradley was an outfielder, he would be here. If Bradley was a right-handed stick.
1: If you're a middle infielder, he'd be here. He,
0: if it was... If he was batted right-handed, he would be here. He'd been up by by May. He would have yep. been here because you need that yep. vitality in your in your lineup. You know, you need that stick, as I like to say, and you know that's why Mercado's here because he's right-handed. Mm-hmm. And you needed an outfielder. You needed another center fielder. You did not. No, we have plenty of center fielders, and we have another one on the way coming in Zimmer. I
1: remember, a couple years ago, we didn't have one center yes. fielder. Now well, we have too we many.
0: Had, well, we had to put Kipnis out in center <laughs> field oh twice God. in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, oh. And today oh, we have a plethora of, of center fielders. So
1: it, it just, and we have it, one in AAA waiting to come up in Greg Allen.
0: Great, we have plenty of center <laughs> yeah. fielders. Uh, that's not the problem. The problem is... We need is, a
1: man in your maris type corner outfielder. Yeah, him.
0: we need a corner outfielder who can, can hit bombs. Uh, you know, right now, that's baseball. Right now, bombs.
1: his name is Jordan Luplo. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, when Jordan Lupo and Jason Kipnis are your cleanup hitters... You're in trouble. Yeah, you just, you're just you not you're not strong. Let's no. put it that way. You're not strong. And uh, hopefully, that'll change. And, uh, you know... <laughs> not to say
1: it, he's a nice platoon guy but like you said he's not he shouldn't be batting cleanup on your team
0: well I say this with all due respect to Jason Kipnis, who I've defended many times. You
1: have, and I have been a big critic of him.
0: But I'm just saying, my... He's gotten old fast. He's one of these yep. players. Once he turned thirty, he got old. Yep. And five times on the field again. Most teams, most. I think the belief going in when the Indians gave him the contract was he'll be pretty much a quality player through age thirty-two. Not the case. No, the injuries and more father time just. It is what it is. He he's, you know, I he, he still
1: plays up, a nice second base. I thought he's played well, a – he's oh, he,
0: he's a professional. He's a good player. He's just not com- he's just not, you know. You can't have a guy in middle of June batting at second base with 12 RBIs. No. Okay, and that's the problem. You know, you, you can't have a guy batting 200. You have one guy bat. You could probably you get away with, with two. two. But we have four to five in their lineup every night. That's the problem. And and there's a couple of them that they have to bat in the top five, too. Yeah. And, you know, there's some trades to be made. We'll see what happens. Philadelphia needs a center fielder. We have plenty of them. Make yeah. us an offer. See what we can come yeah, up with. Yeah,
1: Philadelphia is hurting bad for they Elfers. Need,
0: well, they have had nothing but injuries.
1: All right. Anthony, last thoughts. Just, uh, you know, it's nice to get back and, you know, I enjoyed this podcast a lot. It was a little different, you know, than just talking about the Browns and the Broncos and the Indians on the field. It's nice to reminisce and share stories and talk about some controversial issues. I don't know controversial, but some issues that don't issues get talked are going about on a sports. lot. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, you know, some different topics today. We really, we rarely talk soccer on the World Cup level. Um, you know, it's it's nice to talk about you know women's game because we. Don't really talk about it much unless one of our teams is, you know. Yeah, we we'll are talking about the it. women's
0: yeah. basketball team from YSU. That's yeah, about that's, it. yeah, that's about it.
1: Um, and we probably could It talk. was nice to expand yeah. and uh, have, a, have a, a buffet and rotisserie uh, topic of conversation.
0: Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. Until the next time we talk, we'll be at episode 70, 70. as we continue to move forward. I still uh, will try to hook up with Ed Miller. I haven't had a chance to talk to him. And uh, he has that new book out, uh, The Logic of Sports Betting, with everything going on in the world of sports and sports betting today. It is highly recommended by me and mm-hmm. uh, others. And uh, we hope to have him on soon. Uh, he did agree, and I had just I've been so busy. Uh, Was so much that I haven't reached out to him, so that's on me. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, get him on very soon, and some other people as we head towards football season in the high school. We're about less than nine weeks away. Yeah, it's incredible. It's and with that in mind, we are. Um, and let's do this. Nine weeks away. We're exactly nine weeks away. Yeah. Let's let's, let's try this. Let's uh, next week. Um, try to find a date. See if we can get uh, either Jim Craven. Yep. Uh, either we'll go down there and do the podcast or uh, have him call in or talk to us or come with us to do a, game, uh, a podcast. So yeah. We can talk about the upcoming football season, everything involved, and how, uh, hopefully, if someone out there would like to be involved with us on Warren Western Reserve Radio. I said Warren Western Reserve Radio again. <laughs> I said Warren West We were Re- talking about Warren West War, Reserve yep. Yep. Uh, Western You're Reserve earlier. we are some Harding people there. Yeah, well, we're good. We're in a Harding game. so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a nice harding uh, game huh yeah uh, so we gotta we'll go through the uh, the schedule and what's going on and uh, if you're interested in getting involved uh, you can contact me uh, either at Tim at radio MVP.com, that's email or Tcontinenza at gmail.com or uh, Tim continenza on Twitter simple as that there's a lot of ways to reach me uh, I'm Tim Continenza on all social medias and you can contact us through our uh, Facebook page, too. Yeah. Uh, radio MVP, I believe. Face- yeah. Just, yep. <laughs> so just search Radio MVP. Facebook MVPs. and our website, too. You can yeah. send us.
1: Yeah, you can yeah.
0: get us on our website. And you also. can do it on the website, too, on radio uh, RadioMVP.com as uh, we go forward. Anthony, great to see you. Good yeah. to do it face-to-face. Yeah, it was again. great.
1: It, it, was, it was great to be back face-to-face. Uh, you know, with football season coming here nine weeks away already, it's going to be a lot more face-to-face. So. It'll be a lot of fun to get back and uh, get in the groove of things and hopefully a 15 week schedule again so uh,
0: it should be a lot of fun. All right for Anthony, I'm Tim till the next time we speak have a great day everyone.